Welcome to the Express Soul Health and Wellness Podcast. In each episode, you'll learn from experts about the best practices and technologies to live a happier, healthier, and hopefully a longer life. Here is your host, Claudia Erdinola. Dear friends of Express All Health and Wellness Podcast, welcome back. Our guest today is Pat Daly. Pat is a specialist on the science of movement of the body for self-healing. We're going to discuss with Pat all of the science behind the nature of the human body and the healing through the connection with the mind, the intention, the breathing, and the movement all combined to help to treat chronic pain and chronic diseases. So if this is a subject of your interest, please subscribe to our podcast and hit the notification button so you will be notified every time we're bringing new content to our channel. Also, we'll be very pleased if you leave us a five-star review because that will help our content to be available for others to find this information on health and wellness. So here is our interview with Pat Daly. I hope you enjoy. Thank you. If you like the content of our podcast, subscribe to our channel and hit the notification button. Help us to spread the word on health and wellness. Also, check out our sponsors as we have great discounts for our listeners. And follow us in our social media outlets. We really appreciate your support. Thank you. Aloha, dear friends from the Express All Health and Wellness Podcast. We are welcoming Pat Daly is our our guest today, and he is in Hawaii. How are you, Pat? I'm doing well. How are you all today? Wonderful. Welcome to my podcast. Um, how is uh, beautiful uh, Hawaii now? Uh, it's beautiful today. Nice and sunny. Um, we're starting to get some uh, a lot of the flowering and the the harvesting slash fruiting of a lot of the fruits and the different herbs. So it's, uh, it's fun to, uh, yeah, see, see it all come to life and get to so, do it every single day. Wonderful. Wonderful. So welcome to my podcast. We're going to have a delightful chat today to enlighten our audience about the science of movement of the body for cell healing, which is, um, your expertise. So for those listening our podcast right now, what is the science of moving the body for self-healing? Yeah, so the, the science of this movement is just, uh, is always from your podcast and what you like to talk about is just getting back to nature, understanding the natural design of this place that we, we call home, earth, the realm, whatever people want to call it. Um, but when you actually stop and look at the natural design, what you'll start to notice is patterns occur. And that biggest pattern is understanding uh, what we would call like a vortex or a spiral, spiraling motions. Um, you see it with waves. You see it with tornadoes. You see it with hurricanes. You see it with, if you look at a tree, watch the bark of a tree, you will see that from the root system through the, through the root into the base of that tree, you're going to see a spiraling motion occur. You see it, uh, yeah, if you watch dust blow in the wind, you're going to see it start to go into a spiral. So as people start to comprehend this, they start to go, oh yeah, okay, I do see a lot of those things around me all the time. Well, we're no different. There is no difference in the human body. And it's understanding that 
when you when you look at the the spiral and its importance, you'll start to see that that is what creates charge. It's what creates energy. It creates life force. So when we are not moving through our natural design, that spiraling motion, uh, breathing through that, giving it life, then we are finding ourselves more and more into a place of disease. And this is where people uh, starting small, they think it has to be this big, what is the big secret? The big secret a lot of times is just learning how to breathe and learning how to slow down and connect with your body, listen to that communication. So in a nutshell, it's getting back to the natural design, which is the spiraling motion. And I can go on much more in a little bit here, but just to answer the question. This is so beautiful because it's a great definition. And you mentioned something that is, is we uh, talked about that before in this podcast, um, actually with Dr. Tom Cowan in, in my podcast with him, we discussed that concept of the disconnection because uh, the natives uh, and the shamans, they don't have this endless names for diseases and classifications for the health system that we have here in the States. No, they have only one, only one cause of disease and they call it a disconnection. It is when us disconnect from the source of the nature, understanding that no, we're not part of the trees. We're not part of the, of the cycles that we live in our, in our system and environment. We're different than them. So when, when that disconnection happens, then the disease happens because then you're not relating with anything that happened around you as nature. Um, so it just occurs to me that actually when, when all of this modern life start happening and people start moving from living in the farms, which our ancestors mostly did, so for them it was natural. It was nothing to be super aware of because it was natural for them to live with animals. We live understanding the cycles of the moon on how to harvest, how to plant. When we move to the cities for the modern life, the disconnection start happening. And now with the conveniences and through the electronic devices, we find ourselves more and more distant from nature. And I totally understand what you're saying in, in our, our nature start getting sick or disease. So what inspired you to get into this field of expertise, Pat? Uh, yeah, no, I... It's just I agree with everything you just said. And uh, the biggest thing for me is, you know, I've been, so I've been a person in the personal training world for uh, over 12, 11, 11 years now. And for me, it was early on, you know, just like anyone else, I feel like goes on this journey of uh, wanting to know more. You just start asking a lot of questions and things just don't make sense. You're like, okay, I get what I'm being told. I hear you, but just no one's answering my questions. I got a lot of questions that just no one has an answer or they just ignore, right? So uh, for me, it was finding myself in a lot of these gym settings and working and starting to go, well, why are we so focused on this, like the body? And we're talking about the body. I get it. We're moving the body. But, you know, there's this, this other components to it that we're just not exploring. One of them being, you know, the mind, body, spirit, the spirit aspect and this was before, like, I really had, you know, for me, my connection with God and like really connecting and trying to be 
on that path. And so this is why I don't think anything's a coincidence. So I was like, well, there's a spirit component. And I'm like, you know, if God is, you know, this place, this breath, we are, that's our breath is that reminder of God. Every single time we breathe is our reminder that we were created in his image or God's image, right? It says then going, well, I see a lot of people who are not breathing. And I observe that. That is my observation when I train people. And what was starting to happen over and over again is I started following that and seeing when I'd ask people to breathe for me, just breathe. Like, I don't need you to move. Just can you breathe? It was the strangest responses that I've ever gotten where people would be like, just like, you want me to like breathe? Yeah, just just breathe. Like like in my mind, like, where would you want? Um, I'm like, just however you want to. And I would start to notice people would look, and this isn't even an exaggeration. People would be like, <laughs> and you're just like going, what is going on right now? And so I was like, can you just like breathe calmly? And people would start sweating. And this wouldn't just be one person. This was like a lot of people. And I was going, this is strange. I'm like, what is going on? So when we would teach people or I'd start to work with people, it was going, this person can't just be calm and breathe, which means when I move them and I ask them, hey, where do you feel it? They didn't know because they were so disconnected from the body because they had no breath to support the now. They had nothing to bring them to this moment because, and I realize is under stress, mental, emotional, physical stress, we have this escapism. Get me out of here. I want an out-of-body experience. I want to get away from this vessel or this distress so I don't have to deal with it. And one of those things for people is that they don't breathe. They do. They just hold their breath. And what they'll do is they panic, and that panic gets them out of that stress. So they don't have to be in the stress when they're with it. They panic, and then they get out of it. And it's a, like, get me in, get me out. So what I would do with people is I'd start to train them with, let's find a position that you can get comfortably. And I'd ask them, can you feel your foot on the ground? Just simple. It sounds like dumb questions for those who aren't aware of what we're doing. And you'd get people to start doing this. Uh, and I'm like, yo, your foot's not up there. It's down there. You're getting out of the comfort zone. They don't accustom to do that. Something so simple. Right. And wow. so one of my biggest saying is, is we, what our aim is and what I aim is with people is we're going to find comfort in the discomfort. That is the only way we're going to change in regards to, as you said, connecting, reconnecting with our, this place we live, reconnecting with ourselves, reconnecting with others is we have to find comfort in the discomfort because the biggest misconception that we have is people go, I want to just live a life without stress. I don't want to be, I would, if I can deal with like no stress and I'm good. But that's not realistic. And when we can actually embrace that stress is vital yes, for our well-being. part of our lives. <laughs> it's, it's inevitable. And the thing is, as I always tell people, you're going to get stressed one way or the other. Either we could be stressed here in this 30 seconds, minute, whatever we're going to do. And you're going to learn how to breathe through that and find comfort in that. And then walk away from that feeling that high, feeling that enlightenment, feeling that breath, feeling that energy that you're ultimately craving and what we're, our body needs is desiring going like, please give me this. Um, you can either not deal with that or, you know, go live comfortably. And now you have the rest of your life going, I have this quote unquote disease, this pain, this arthritis, this, this cancer, this whole thing. And now you're just that stress now 
the stress is showing up there. So you didn't deal with the immediate stress. It will show itself later on. And so this is where my work is with a lot of the people I work with, Tom being one of those. I work for Tom in the new biology clinic, um, working with people to do just that. It's going, we want to know how this body's designed, the natural design, and then ultimately how we can approach these stresses and use them to our advantage as we should be, just like nature uses the rough winds to its advantage. They use the hot sun to its advantage. They use the cold to its advantage. The animals use everything to its advantage when you know that that's what's happening and we should be doing the same. Absolutely. We're going to talk about the new biology clinic in a little bit, but now I am interested on going a little deeper into the breathing because it's so vital to humans to learn how to breathe. Think about this. When you are in mama's womb, you are in this protected environment. You are chilled by mama's wound. You are in this floating in this sacred and holy fluid and you are totally safe until you get out and then you become an individual because you breathe by the first time. You expel those fluids out of your lungs and then you breathe. And in that specific moment, it's like, here it is. This is real now. You're here. You know, for the first time, you get aware of what your surroundings outside of the mother's womb. And something that happened to many of us, you're absolutely right. Stress is something that is uh, natural to our lives. And it's not now. It has been in, in the human's story since we became who we are. This is part of ours, you know, our, our ancestors, um, you know, the early human, it was a stress because it was going to be eaten by big animals that existed back then. Our stresses are different, but it's still that, you know, we remain with that system to respond to stress. What happened right now is that because we get so disconnected, I feel, and please tell me, Pat, in your experience, if you if you think that this is part of what I see, the disconnection today in the modern world, you get a stress and the first thing you do is repress your breathing. You see the people like confined into their bodies and the breathing is short. It's like you, you cannot breathe. You actually can tell for somebody that is under a tremendous stress when you see that, that like uh, body language, so to speak, because it's, it's tight up, the breathing is short. Oh my goodness. So how we can become more aware of, of that trigger and work through? Uh, well, I mean, everyone, not to, as a cop out, but everyone is different. So it is working with the individual. Some people, you could just tell them, say, hey, listen, we're going to relax your jaw because most people breathe through their mouth. And then they don't know why they have an immense amount of communication from the body, healing responses that they call pains or discomfort or disease. And um, and they don't know why. And it's going, well, you're missing a vital component just purely based off of where you're breathing from. Now, breathing through your mouth isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like I can, if I'm working really hard and I'm breathing in out of my nose and I need air, I'm going to use my mouth for that extra support. But most people, if you think that we have this threshold, I need to really exert myself to utilize the air from my mouth. 
what you'll start to notice is people will be at that base level and they'll start to try to pull from the mouth. They'll try to do that extra bit to get to, to, to match what would be like when we actually need to use it. Right. Like, it's like, if you're, uh, if you're, you know, playing a game, like don't use your best card right away, like save it. And most people, we don't save that. You know, if that makes sense, it's not the best analogy, but ultimately what I will tell people is like, if you are someone who's breathing through your mouth, right, you have a lot of tension in the neck and the shoulders. You know, the first thing I would say is we need to just relax your jaw. So if anyone who's listening, um, relax the jaw, find a way to just be with the jaw first. I say relax. And the first thing people do is, is they, it's, it becomes, uh, like almost like a duty. Like I, like I have to do this. And that defeats the whole purpose of what I'm talking about. When I say, Hey, let's relax the jaw. What I ultimately am always saying is, is put your awareness and your attention to this place. Start there. Feel what it is. Feel what that sensation is like. Before you do anything else, just going, what does my jaw feel like? What is going on at my jaw? And most people are like, I've never thought of it until my body communicates, hey, I need you to pay attention here. And what we call pain. And people are like, the pain is so unbearable. Now it has my attention. We are trying to bring our attention to that before we have to get to that place. Or some of us are there and now we just are going to go instead of, okay, let me, instead of ignoring it, I'm going to now go to that pain and I'm going to be with that pain. So the first thing I would tell people is we need to just relax the jaw. If you can relax the jaw and then from there, try to breathe through your nose. Because when you understand how our cranial system works, the cranial nerves, you have 12 cranial nerves that we know of, and you have the first one being your olfactory nerve. Those nerves go into the roof of your nose. Now, when you're a mouth breather and you're not utilizing that olfactory nerve, you're not humidifying any of the air coming in, which means you're not helping the, you know, let's just say not the best term, but distillation of any sort of like foreign particles that are there, you know, things are spraying in the sky, things that are just in the air. It, there's no humidification that's happening for the body then to process that and not let it affect you. This is why a lot of people get sinus infections is because they're mouth breathers and their body isn't able to humidify or utilize the nose to its potential to help the body, you know, with whatever quote unquote foreign particles or toxins are coming in, you know? Um, so that right there is a huge component of why we need to breathe through the nose. So when you get a lot of people under a lot of stress and they're holding their breath, now they're not getting air, their body's filled with all this stuff that, you know, it's going, you know, I can usually be pretty good with this, but we're not doing any supporting here. We're not getting this out. So we're going to create a science infection to try to get this out, or we're going to do, uh, you know, we're going to give you assist to help try to put this in isolated, or we're going to give you a, a pneumonia, or we're going to give you bronchitis to help get this out. Cause you're not doing this on your own. When we can breathe through the nose, we can start to implement all of those beautiful, perfectly designed, uh, facilitations of the body to help with our dis-ease or healing responses to what's going on around us. Um, and then just another thing talking about spirals, when you breathe through your nose, you have these, these flaps, these tiered flaps in your nose. So you have the lower middle and upper. And when air goes in and out, it doesn't just go in and out. It spirals. It does this. Wow. It goes in and it I goes out. I didn't know that. How beautiful. Yes. So most people who have sinus issues, what they'll do is because there's an inflammation that's happening. A lot of people who have the sinus infections, they remove that lower tier. 
which means that they're trying to create air to go through and down rather than go up and through into the throat. It's just trying to cut right into the, into the airway, which defeats the whole purpose of what it's doing. That inflammatory process is saying we need that flow to go up and you're not breathing into it. So when I work with people who have a lot of sinus issues or inflammation issues, it's the first thing we're doing is we need to start bringing air in. We need to get you comfortable letting air flow through that and creating stress. Because under stress, if you're not breathing through there, that's just going to keep feeding this pattern. We need to start getting you in a stressful state enough where we can get the air in and start doing that, finding calmness in the jaw. This is why people have a lot of jaw lock jaw. Most of them are tense in the neck and jaw shoulder, all this area, because that's where they hold their stress. It is very common. I mean, I can tell you in times where I had been very stressed, I woke up in the morning and all of this area is sore. So I know during the night, I really press hard <laughs> to us to, you know, I mean, didn't relax as I should. And I can tell you that I, I worked a lot lately on relaxing at night and it has been amazing since I introduced my, uh, my new routine at night with the going to the sauna. I have an infrared sauna at home and I go every night. And that has been, for me and my husband, game changer. It is not only because I relax a lot, I also got such vivid dreams. I mean, I always had a lot of vivid dreams, but they were occasional. Since I'm going to the sauna, this thing is every night. I have a wonderful trip. I met amazing people every night. <laughs> I go to fantastic places in my dreams. And I know it's because I get into these deep states of relaxation thanks to my son. And so I don't have those pains on my yard anymore. But let me ask you something, Pat. Well, can, can I, sorry, can I just add yes. something real quick? Because you're bringing up a really important point that I, I talk a lot about. And I, I know what you're saying when you say my sauna helps me relax. It's not as much as it's the it's not the sauna. This is when people who do hot and cold therapies, which I'm not against, I'm not opposed to it. But when we do these quote unquote therapies and stuff, all those are doing, whether it's you're doing the aqua cure, whether you're doing again, cold baths, you know, saunas, uh, you know, deep meditation, like specific breathing techniques, all of it is just getting you to breathe under some sort of stress that that's all it's doing. Now, don't get me wrong. There are the benefits of all those different pieces. But to the point, if you went in that sauna and it got hot and you started panicking, that sauna did not work for you. The sauna, really, it's going, you weren't able to handle yourself under those static environment, that stimulus. Absolutely. So all you it's doing- You're absolutely right. And it, yeah, there is the benefits. I, I, I am not disagreeing. So people who might get offended, it's not that I'm not saying, but if you can't control your- state of being that breath under those conditions, then it, it really doesn't have as much of that impact as we want. Now, furthermore, if I can just quickly add, when you talk about vivid dreaming and all this stuff, the biggest, this is what I've come to gather. So take this, everyone take it with a grain of salt, but please, <laughs> when you have yourself connected to the breath, what are you doing? You're creating flow, flow of oxygen, flow of blood, flow of everything else air, whatever. As you're doing that and you create flow in knowing that body's mostly made of water, you're creating flow, which creates charge. Now, 
when you go to sleep and you're having vivid dreams, what that does is, is it's taking, when you're sleeping, your body goes into a sleep paralysis state, meaning the physical body is supposed to basically paralyze. So you can do what? Not get up, walk around, run into stuff, things like that. But even more so, it allows the body to go into healing at full force without the disruption or interruption of the conscious state, the physical vessel. You're going into, as they would say in other uh, cultures, you're going into the etheric body or your water body to go to healing. Now, during the day, you are doing the same thing or maybe are not doing it to its potential based off of whether you're breathing or not, calming yourself, creating stress, handling that stress, creating flow under all those conditions. So when you go to bed and you're doing like a sauna and you create stress and you're breathing and then you go to bed, you're already in that state of that flow. You've increased that flow, that, that, uh, yeah, the inputs to that flow state of literal air which is allowing that etheric body, that water body to then go into that dream state. So now it's able to allow you to go into that dream state or this whatever other realms, whatever people want to call it, in a way where you can now have a clarity because you're connected to that etheric body. You're in that water body that is going through these other dream worlds or whatever people want to refer it to. So this is why it's important to you know, not to get too crazy here, but when we talk about brain waves, I know I'm jumping around, but when we talk about brain waves, most of us, you know, we go through our day, you have the different brain waves, you wake up, you know, certain, you know, you have serotonin, melatonin, and adrenaline that starts, you know, cortisol, all these things that start to increase, uh, you know, whether it's alertness or relaxation. But a lot of that has to do is we, you know, have come to understand, at least as of now, these different brain waves we're in. Well, if we understand it, for those who've looked into it, that theta brainwave is that intermediate point, the bridge between our conscious state, like an alpha state, I believe, or the beta state, and then into that deep realm, that delta wave. I believe the delta wave where we go into a deep sleep. And that theta wave, for those who, it's like if you're taking a nap and you're drifting off, so you can hear the world around you, you kind of know things are happening, but you're kind of out of it. That's that theta wave. And I bring this up because when you sleep and you're dreaming and or you're trying to get a good night's rest, well, a lot of people can't sleep. It's because they we interject or we bypass that theta wave. It's going the body for like during the day, it's stress, stress, stress. I'm never really able to relax. I'm never able to calm down. You know, okay, well, I'll go and watch TV to calm down. But then you're eating, you know, for some, it's eating certain foods. You're not even the food itself, but the guilt and the feeling crappy and feeling tight, all this stuff creates more of a stress response. You know, the blue anxiety, the blue light creates that, you know, stimulus of, oh, I'm up, it's day. So all these things, and then it's going, I got to go to bed. And now you've never dealt with any of the stresses. So then the mind is going. And you know you're not moving. You have nothing to distract you for some people. So you're staying in that state. And it gets to the point where for some, not all, but the body's going, I have to crash you. I have to crash you. So now it's in a deep, you know, you're in a deep sleep or some sort of deep sleep. And now you're going, I never passed through that theta wave where the body is going from the conscious, this state here into that just the etheric healing. It's going, we went from here to here. We never went through this. And now it's going, we, we, we don't know where to like, we're just trying to heal whatever we can. It's like, we never, we're not really able to get to that state. And it's that bypassing. It's this like, just this like trickle down effect that we're not experiencing. 
And now most people nowadays don't even do that. They can't even crash. What happens is they need and, to take And another drugs. thing that I think is happening, Pat, is that somehow the normalization of not sleeping well is like people think that not sleeping well is, is normal. Oh, no, I, I just had a terrible night sleeping, but I, that's okay. I mean, I, I normally don't sleep that well. I think this is a major issue when you don't let your body rest. And that's uh, actually back to this uh, sauna. I like to do it at night and be the last thing I do at night. And when I go to my sauna, everything around me is dark. Got out of the sauna. All the, the few lights that I have left in my house are dimmed. Take a shower and my shower is dimmed. I mean, it's almost dark. I take my shower, put my pajamas, go to sleep. So I'm not interfering with the natural circadian, you know, cycle. So I go to sleep and it's to sleep. My husband is the same. He used to have a lot of issues falling asleep. He has a very active mind. After we start implementing this, uh, you know, protocol with the sauna, it's, it's a game changer is because what you say, we learn how to get in touch with our breathing through this stress, through the heat and the relaxation and detoxing helps. And it just, you goes through the night with no intervention, no pills, no nothing. It's just naturally sleeping. Well, so that is excellent. Yeah. Well, that's the that thing is too. That is great and just, something good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my thing is, it's just no understanding uh, for those who are like, yeah, but I've done that or I can't do that, um, which I get a lot of people who have been like, I've tried those things and it doesn't work. What I've come to understand is, is that this is why the movement aspect is vital in understanding that's going. If I can put you under 30 seconds of stress where you are in control, this is where we can start to tap into those places of what we would call chilling out. So when everyone's like, dude, you need to chill out. This is how we're going to, we're here to, I'm here to show you how to chill out, calm down, uh, rather than say like, you need to calm down. <laughs> so, um, and I just wanted to make that clear because I do know when people listen to my own stuff and, you know, other conversations, it's like, yeah, okay, I've done that, but none of that works to help for me. It's like understandable. And that's because a lot of people aren't creating that physical movement to create those immediate stresses to then be able to handle and basically gear themselves for, you know, whatever other stresses they have that may be more in the mind. Like your husband, for example, it's great that he can do this and that is helping tremendously. Awesome. And that's why everyone is different. That's why it's not the sauna. It's how someone reacts and responds to the stimulus. Reacts to the stresses. I mean, right now we're living in this uh, new era after COVID, what I said, people used to go to the doctor used to go to work, you know, go to another place to work, to an office. After COVID, many of those things changed. We are working from home. We are seeing our doctors um, and our, our, you know, healthcare providers on, on uh, virtual consultations and is working. You said one time, I hear you saying, everybody tells in a story. It's like... Uh, my body tells a story about Claudia. Each individual's body tells the story about that individual. When you first have a patient coming to your consultation, Miss Virtual, how uh, do you know 
um, what is the story behind that individual for you to help him or help her? It just starts with, and I, and again, I know what you're saying, but this is where for those who know the nonsense of the last three years and know how word magic works, I don't call them. It, yeah, it's like I don't even call them patients. I want them to know right away. It's just like two people talking, like a friend. I'm like, how Beautiful. can I help you as a Beautiful. friend? Because Beautiful. you're not my. Uh, and, and this is the thing is, is I as much as I feel I have gathered information, I'm still always learning. I'm still trying to grow. Um, I don't know everything. I, I've just learned from a lot of people and just use my own critical thought. And uh, and I say all that because that way when people come in, it's going, I don't treat you like a patient. So if something doesn't work out, so be it. It's going, I'll do my damnedest to make sure we help you like a friend would. And it's not saying that I, again, I always tell people I can't heal you. That's not my job, but I'll do everything I can to facilitate and support you through this. So first thing is, is letting people come in with that that understanding or that understanding awareness of this relationship because from there is is then when people allow themselves at least what i've gathered and i've uh, been grateful is then people can open up and share their stories now i'm not here i'm not a therapist i'm not here to help you know solve people's problems like physical like literal like oh when i was five that like i'm not here for that um but that does stuff does come up and when it does come up it's a matter of going okay what are we doing that's causing that to come up? And this is where with Dr. Cowan's work and uh, many others, you know, Veda Austin, we understand that memory of our body is held in the water. It's held in uh, every bit of our being. And if you understand that the fascial system that surrounds all of our muscles, all of our body is a neurological, you know, sheath of structured crystallized water and when you move your arm, it's not the muscle stretching, it's the fascial system allowing the space available for that to happen. So you don't have a tight muscle. It's no such thing as a tight muscle. It's whether that fascial system will allow the space available. This is why when you see somebody get un knocked unconscious, they drop like a ragdoll. Why? Because there's no fascial system to allow that restriction. This is why when somebody tears something, it tears because when the conscious state, it's going, we're not going to go there. The memory of last time we did that will not allow you to go there. We're here to protect you and you cannot go there right now. So I say all that because when you understand that in that, that fascia, in that our body, that water holds the memory. When people move, certain parts of their body hold a memory from when they were younger or more recent, you know, quote unquote traumas. And what we do is, is we start to move. I've had more people uh, crying in our sessions, like a therapy session, just by doing movement. And it's not about like, I'm like, connect with it. This I, I don't ever force people to go to places that they aren't ready. What we will do is, is we'll go, okay. If they, like, for example, I've had people with like uh, back pain, like a back pain. And they'll be like, oh, I'm, I have this sensation here. Okay. What's going on? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? I'm thinking of when I was 12 years old and I've never, I haven't thought of this in years, but this happened when I was 12. I didn't realize it was such a big deal, but it's got my attention. Okay, cool. Just breathe. I just want you to breathe. Stay with the tension. Keep thanking your body. Be grateful for your body that you're doing this right now. Stay in control. You know, you're in this, you are, you are in control. You own the ship. You are taking owner of this ship ownership and just keep breathing. And then once we get out of it, I'll have them lay down, relax, just let the body go into complete calm mode try to relax and people just start bawling. 
And they're like, geez, dude, like I freaking felt like a weight just got lifted off my shoulders or my lower back feels so much relaxed. Now I'm not saying they're completely healed. That's it. They don't have any more problems, but what it's doing is, is with this motion, with this movement, with this control, we allow that fascial system to feel comfortable enough to go, all right, we're going to let this tension go to your, to your awareness. Here it is. What do you want to do with it? This is why a lot of people who have a hard time dealing with their problems, it gets brought to the surface or someone forces it rather than their body. Someone's trying to nag it out of them. And they're like, I am not prepared for this. So what do we do? We start to push it back down. And if we can't push it back down, we start putting stuff in our mouth or we eat this or we drink that or we smoke this and you know inject that to try to suppress it, distract. So, you know, and again, I'm not here to bash anyone. We all have our own things. I have my own, but I use myself to help that process and connect with my own story. So when I am working with other people in their story, it's about allowing that safe environment where they're talking to someone that is more like a friend that I got, you know, if you need my tent, you know, reach out, I will respond kind of thing. And then we just go from there and then let them share their story and then let them navigate it. And I'm just there to literally, you know, not all, I know I'm doing more, but I just tell them to breathe and just keep reminding them this you're in control, man. Be grateful for this experience. Cause you're, you're in control. So that's kind of how we get the story to come to life in each individual. Something that I love about this conversation with you, Beth, is that, um, here at the Express All Health and Wellness podcast, um, we treat health and wellness from a holistic perspective is for the body, mind, and soul. We are all together and more. It's not one thing. We're not isolated organism. It's not my back pain. It's not my shoulder. It's what caused that pain in the other systems from my mind, from my spirit, how I caused that injury, what, what is behind that pain and treated it from there. We are here always bringing a specialist uh, such as yourself in different areas to help us understand how this divinity of the humans that we are can be healthier, happier, and live longer lives. I am right now through, through the conversations with you, learning about how this uh, water that we have in our bodies holds the memory and how through this approach to the movement, which is physical, rather if it's a, a breathing or moving the, the physical body helps to um, unlock, let's say, that memory that is in the water and heal it. I want people that are listening out there understand that this this kind of movement and science behind movement and this uh, therapy that you help people with is a totally different thing that heavy lifting or working out on a gym because reality is that not everybody is suited for that kind of exercising that is basically for physical condition and this is more of a self-healing therapy correct absolutely i mean we're not really doing much of the same things you would be seeing in a conventional gym space um i will say though for those who have worked with me um you're feeling it. We're like, we're creating 
uh, tension through the body and in a way where uh, my favorite is when people will do something and afterwards they're looking at me like with the eyes wide and going, how was that so hard? Why was that so difficult? Oh my gosh, I feel this everywhere. Holy moly. Wait, what? Like, And I love those because it allows them to, any any sort of veils that we've had or we've allowed ourselves to cover with how we see the body, how we see this experience we call life, you just see that veil get dropped in a way where it's not invasive, where I'm like, here's everything you need to know, change your mind about how you see the world. It's about them going, I just experienced this beautiful thing in a different way. Wow, this is awesome. And they get excited. And that's what is so fun for me and my job is to see that and help facilitate that because, you know, yeah, we might not be moving a ton of weight, but, you know, I always tell people the weight of your own body in itself is a lot of weight, you know, and, you know, relatively speaking, you know, if I'm, you know, I said at 185 pounds, you know, I'm still moving 185 pounds every single day. You know, some people it's more, some people it's less. So it's a matter of going, but can I move that with my intention, my attention, and then ultimately tension, a specific tension. And this is why, for those who work with me, I call it the three tensions. Because when you move with this intention, what am I intending to do with this? Okay, I have said it. I, I know what I'm doing. Okay, where is my attention? Is it in my foot? Is it in my back? Is it in my shoulder? Is it in my jaw? Where, where am I putting my attention? And if I can line up my attention with where I want it to be, and I have an intention and I'm staying in that intention, and now I'm creating a physical tension, is it a lot? Is it a little? Is it more to one side? Is it more to left? And I'm creating tension. Now, what am I? I'm present. And I'm present with what is happening. Because why? I remind people to breathe. So now, what does the breath do? It puts you in the present moment. We've put all our energy into right now. When you're here right now, that's all you got. And now we're teaching people how to be here. And so that takes a lot of mental, emotional, physical, spiritual stress. So people will come out of that present moment going, holy moly, that was really hard. And you're going, it's not just the physical hard. I know they're basically saying that just took everything out of me to be present. And I'm going, And yes, that did. was my next question is about how this connection with the mental body goes to your uh, intention, attention, and tension with the movement of the body that, that, connection between your thoughts and having that intention to move your body help you to get through and I'm telling you something Pat it happens to me that I thought I was flexible I know how to dance I know how to do that when I went to learn how to ski on the snow shocking I my body wasn't responding to my thoughts the first thing I had to learn it was connecting these thoughts with what I had to do with my body to do the skin. I was years ago, but it was so surprising for me because I never thought that I, I thought it was all connected and easy. <laughs> no, it wasn't that easy. No, it's not. And that's the, the thing that's so fun to experience with people is when they, they're reconnecting with their body for the first time and they're connecting with not just the physical body, but the mind, body, and spirit. And that's why, as you were saying earlier, what took you on this journey is when I started seeing the, the breath being such a huge component and realizing most people aren't breathing. Most people aren't even here with me now. 
they're not here now. It's going, we aren't creating enough of a stimulus or an awareness to now for people to then make the changes that they're looking for. There's an escapism that occurs with people when they exercise to go, how do I get out of my thoughts? Let me beat the, the, the bejesus out of my body to get to a place where I can feel like I'm sweating or I'm working out or I'm hurt to feel like I'm doing something different. It's not allowing me to have to focus on my thoughts. It's just wrecking my body. And then you see it without fail then that people start to come with the injuries and the body's going, I can't keep doing this. So how do we create that same intensity for a lot of people without, you know, trying to be so disconnected from the communication, not saying that you won't have pains, you won't have injuries, you know, little tweaks and things where your body is going, Hey, too much, not enough. But there's this, this relationship and communication where it's going, Hey, can we do this? That was a little too much. Okay. No problem. We can back off or you'll be with the body and it's going, can we, I'm going to give it a little bit more. They're like, go good. Yes. This feels good. And when people work with me, they start to experience it. They go, okay, I know what you're saying now. I can, I'm, I'm experiencing this. I'm living this rather than just, I hear what you're saying. Um, and that's why everything we do is slow to start off. Everything is about, you know, uh, like they, uh, like in, you know, it, you know, uh, Eastern medicines and ancient, you know, ancient cultures in like Asia, it's like, you're just going to put your feet in the river and just sit there, just start there. Or you're going to hold this stone and you're going to hold a stone for six months. Why am I just like holding a stone? You know, it's like, just get with the present moment. Be here because you won't be able to handle these other things if we don't build you into that. And most people, again, just don't, we don't have that in our everyday life. But I have with me some data that I would like to read to you and my audience. Um, and that is related to mobility. In the United States of America right now, we say that according with the U.S. Census Bureau, around 7.6 million Americans use assistive devices such as canes, wheelchairs, or crutches to help them with mobility. That is 7.6 million Americans right now. It says the uh, CDC reports that in 2020, that was before COVID, 26% of the adults in the United States reporting of having a disability that affect their mobility. And then the same CDC say that adults on ages above 65 years or older, 35% of those reporting of having a disability that affects their mobility. Also, and this one is interesting, in the U.S., the falls are part of the leading causes of injury and injury-related death among adults 65 years of older. What it's telling me is in our society here in America, adults and especially um, over 60 years old people get very affected with the mobility. The statistics support um, what we're saying. What we can do to start bringing awareness in our adult population about movement. We see in, in, uh, in other cultures where the people, even people that are very old, they move at ease. They're chasing the goats in many of the blue zones. You see them, 100 years old, bringing the, the milk in heavy cans and growing gardens and getting down to the earth and cooking and laughing. And, and 
our adult population in the States is getting more and more and increasingly more sedentary. What we can do to help the people to bring the awareness of movement in the body? Uh, the fastest answer is just get rid of all the devices, but that's not realistic. But what it is teaching people is um, when you outsource your life, which is what we do, a lot of people do in the States, is because we've been fed that if you know the working hard, you'll make money. That money will buy you what it is that you need. It'll buy you the job or the, the, the assistance you need. It'll buy you the devices you'll need. It'll buy you everything you need to help you make your life easier, comfort. But as I said earlier, convenient. with comfort, convenience, right? So the thing is, is with our older population, that's a lot of people, many years, not all, because I work with a lot of people who are like, I'm not having it. So I applaud them. But what it does is it's going, this is all I've known. And it's going, if I just go to this doctor, if I just go to this guy, my problems will be better because they will tell me what I need to do and I'll just do it. I am not taking the initiative of my life and people can get mad, but it's just the truth where they'll say, I will hold on to everyone and everything around me to get me through this life instead of just use my own two feet and trust my own existence and then trust my Take own self. Take control of our own health. And that's why I created this space. What happened with COVID is what I call like the awakening of the senses and the consciousness. When we understood that the health care system is not here to save us. They in many, they have their place, but during the pandemic, we receive a lot of misinformation, a lot of missing, um, you know, they were telling us different information depends on the outlet of the channel you were tuning in. Wait a second. How from my home, how from my own, in my own circle, my family, what I can do for myself to keep myself healthier and stronger to be, you know, to, to get in front of these uh, viruses or whatever comes, you know, uh, COVID or whatever comes my way, I am in a better shape to, to be in front of, of those uh, situations. So this is perfect. When we talk about these therapies, these other ways of healing, it's not that if you have pain in your back, then go to, to the orthopedic doctor. First thing he's going to tell you is, you know, you probably need a surgery and intervention that it makes a lot of money for the health system, but it is really healing you or it's just patching up some of those symptoms and pains, maybe probably creating an additional pain you didn't have. So that leads me to the next question, Pat, how this self-healing through the movement help us with chronic pain? The, so going back to our first question about like, what is, what is this perfect? And I say it loosely, it's not per. There's no such thing as perfect, but this movement, this natural design is understanding that you have to look at, as I said, you have to create flow. We have to create spiral. We have to create charge. That is what charge is. When you mix something, you have to spin it. But our body being that it's sending energy from side to side, it creates this oscillation. And I know you had Tom on here. So he's, I'm, I don't know. I didn't see the full episode, but talking about the heart, the heart does so this. beautifully, right. so beautiful, like a vortex. So our body Amazing. does the same thing. So now 
when you understand, and I'll come back to that one second, but you understand simple thing. There's three, I mean, there people say there's different types of fluids in the body, but when you break it down, you have three fluids. You have your blood, you have your interstitial fluid or the lymphatic fluid, and then you have your cerebral spinal fluid in your spine. Those three, and there's other fluids, but at the end of the day, they're all coming back to one of those. When you create movement the way the body's designed, and the answer is on the body, there's no hidden secret. It's about, let me look at a map, which is the body, and actually see it. When you understand that the body is telling you exactly how it's meant to move and needs to move, you have all your answers. So what do I mean? Going back to the heart. The heart does this, it creates this suctioning rather, which it creates a pulse rather than a pump. And why is that important? Because it's this coiling creates tension and release, creates coil release. So when you actually move through your body and understand, for example, let's talk about your spine. A lot of people have chronic spine issues. Well, a lot of that compression that occurs is because we're in this in a slouch position slouch position let me just make this clear isn't a bad thing it's just a matter of is this how we're supposed to be constantly and the answer is no but when you're in the slouch position that spine our spine does not get to move the way it's intended what do i mean my neck is supposed to move this way it's supposed to go through all these ranges when that range of motion is limited Side to side, is there a limitation? I am not creating this motion, this motion in my spine. When I move through the middle of my back, what we call the T-spine, the thoracic, when we are moving, it's supposed to move side to side. If you watch how animals move, if you watch the natural, watch nature, it's coil release coil release of my T-spine. What is that doing? It is taking that the energy or the cerebral spinal fluid, it's winding it, release. So when that cerebral spinal fluid runs down to the bottom of our spinal cord, right where the T12 meets your lumbar, it's literally showing you it needs to go back up. It runs the length of your T-spine into your cervical. So it needs you to create a coil release. The tighter this becomes, the more active it is, the more flow you're creating, just like the heart. Same thing with my hands and my feet. When you look at our hand, most people live with these fingers here. We don't use our fourth, fifth fingers, these ones. In our palms, this right here, as well as our foot, so think of my foot, this part right here on the ball of our foot is called a pivot point. If you watch animals move and babies crawling, there's a pivoting off of those points. And when you pivot, what is that doing? It's helping get the person or people on their arches. People say they have flat arches. It's just, a, it's a bit, now everyone's different, but understanding that we can still move through the natural design, the natural arch, what is available. Now you have arch support when you push off of that, but what you're doing is you're creating a snapping motion. And if we going back to the heart, when we understand that blood and that goes all the way down to our fingers, all the way to our head, all the way to our toes, it needs to come back. 
And since we know it's not a pump, it's not all the power is not coming from here. It's coming from what we do here and at our feet. And if we aren't creating that coiling, when we grip here and push, we create a coil. There's a coiling motion. You see it through your forearms. This is why when your bones here, they cross over. This is why this motion is supposed to be here. It's supposed to coil, creates a tension and release. This is why your shoulder does the same thing. And when people aren't moving through those coils, the blood flow and the lymphatic flow back and out of the body or back to the heart for the blood, it becomes a weaker flow, less velocity. For those who know Walter Russell's work, this is the tornado principle. The tighter my tornado, the more velocity I create. The wobblier this is, the less velocity. And then people go, oh, I have heart disease, chronic heart disease. It's going, well, you have heart disease, disease, because you're not getting enough blood to the heart. So all that plaque that's building up is because your body is trying to create a tighter pressure hole for more velocity to go to the heart. Because this in those in this is very, very minimal. You're not creating enough tension and flow. This is how I move. We are locomotive individuals, beings. We have to be moving through life, moving this entire system with the coil release or the spirals. This is why when we chew or mastication, your mouth is doing this. It goes through the same thing. When sound goes into our ears, it funnels into the cochlea, which is a spiral, and it spirals in. When we look through our eyes, the way it comes in and comes out, it comes in not just on this cross angle here, but it creates spiral. Our vessels create spiral. Everything moves in this spiral. The umbilical cord on a baby is a coil. You can go again, you can, you can, people can debate me, but I, you go look, you can just go look for yourself. So when we move through that coiling design, what we start to do, and it takes time for some people more than others, what we start to do is we start to create space. We get the body back to its natural design, its stability. And now the blood can flow. The interstitial fluid can flow. The cerebral spinal fluid can flow. We can create space for those who follow you. You start to get your toroidal field back for those who, who know about those. In, in what time of my life, I'm a civil engineer and I, I work engineering all my life, but I, at some point in my life, I was alternating. I was working engineering during the day and at night I was teaching um, belly dancing. And part of the teaching of the belly dancing, because I loved it, have people from all different ranges of ages. And I love to teach to people that were in older ages because they had this idea that because they were older, they couldn't move. And the whole intention of the movement was to bring them to a moment of present and have them to do circular motions that slowly mobilize that energy. You don't have to be a professional. You just have to start moving and letting that movement enchanting you and, and, and actually kind of like making you fall in love with yourself again. And it was very beautiful. So I can see totally what are you telling us about these uh, spiral movements, these geometric uh, ways that our energy, our fluids, our um, 
body moved in order to bring the healing. And, and that's also, again, I, I love to have this conversation with you because a lot of people listening, um, they're not on the gym and they probably are looking and seeking for ways of bringing that movement into their lives to feel better. So tell us a little bit, Pat, about um, the new biology clinic. And I understand that you're part of the team working with Dr. Tom Cowan in the new biology clinic, which is this concept of the holistic approach to healing. And again, as part of our new awakening after all of these years of misinformation with COVID, when we understand we have to take care of ourselves, that we have to learn how to use these new tools, these new ways that in many ways actually are recreating the old practices, just bringing them to understanding that are here for us to, to go back to our nature and recover um, the perfection in which we were created. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the new biology clinic is something obviously that Dr. Tom Cowan started uh, with uh, his son, Asher, Asher Cowan, uh, who's, you know, he's amazing. Uh, I love Asher. He's, uh, he's basically the brains behind the whole operation. He's working. His Asher was here on my podcast too. Yep. Yep. I saw, I saw that and he's a great guy. I love him. And uh, the team, the whole team is amazing, but yeah, we're all here to work um, around also Dr. Adam Ouellette, who is the head doctor and Adam, you know, we're all, is I'm sitting here saying, Hey, we don't need anyone else. It's all within you. Uh, all we're trying to do, as I said, is help hear your story, take the information, the knowledge that we've been gaining and gathering along the way in trying our best to help facilitate your, the individual's understanding of what their body is and their potential, and then learning how to give these cues and signs and, you know, those who work with, uh, you know, Dr. Willette, being able to, you know, little things like strophanthus, if they do want to feel the need to take something or help that facility or facilitate that healing response, trying those different uh, avenues where it is more natural, you know, things you can find on the, on earth and in their natural forms um, as close as possible rather. So, you know, what we're just trying to do right now is obviously it's all virtual um, for those, you know, who do decide they want to sign up, you know, you can do family plans um, or you can do, you know, individual, you can always change it. But ultimately what we're doing is, you know, you get unlimited uh, meetings with Adam, you know, respectfully, of course, you know, don't take up every single session, um, but it gives you an opportunity not to have to worry about going to a hospital or going in a, a place where someone is just like, all right, here's just a medication. And that's all they're really trying to get to is like, what can I give them so I can get out and go to the, see the next person? It's about, okay, what's, let's actually try to figure out what's going on. Let's try to talk about your, your story. Um, and then that's what I also do for those who decide they want to work with me. I hold group workouts, uh, three each month. So that way you say, you, you know, you can't afford one-on-one -on -one sessions with me. Um, or that's just something that you're not looking to right now, whatever it may be, it gives you an opportunity as a member to still train with me. Uh, just more in like a group. I just workout. love the concept and this individual approach to to uh, to healing. I love it because every individual is different. And what happened with our um, healthcare system is that they want to standardize the treatment for everybody. 
this pill works for everybody. This surgery is good for you if you have this problem, but they don't ever go to the root cause. They, it is very, and again, I, I have my, my, my thoughts about acute care is different. And you have an accident, you go to emergency room. That's a, that's a different situation for, but for chronic uh, conditions and it are, these approaches on holistic medicine in my opinion, is a lot better. And again, I told my audience here, question everything. Seek for answers. Look more than one source. Think about, think about what you hear from that uh, healthcare provider. If that really syncs with you, if you feel good about what he says, fine. You don't. Go and look for other, other ways of, of, uh, of healing or approaching your, your health condition. And this is what we're bringing here, just awareness. I am not a doctor. I'm not a health coach. I'm just a person like you listening over there, bringing experts who can give us enlightenment about other ways of healing. Well, to your point, as you said, like, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a health coach. I feel that I was more capable of helping people when I stopped worrying about what I was taught and the unlearning process and just following my own intuition. Um, so for those who, again, as you said, question everything, question what I'm saying, don't have to believe me. I don't, I always tell people, don't believe me. There's a lot of people I don't believe, or I'll listen and go, oh, that's interesting. And then I'll explore myself. So I expect, and I hope people to do the same for me. It's going, okay, take what this guy's saying. All right. I hear him. Um, and then go look for yourself. And one of the biggest ones is just start going in nature. Look around. If you have children, if you have, uh, animals, watch how they move, watch, watch how they walk. Watch how they respond to stress. Look at plants in the world around you. I have a three and a half year old son. You know, when we go out and on our walks, there's birds chirping in the morning, all these things. And I go, Hey man, what do you, what do you hear? He goes, I hear the birds. What does that mean? There's no danger. So it's going simple as that. It's just going, man, just being present, listening. You start to follow your intuition. You start to follow your own guidance that is already there for you. It's just me kind of being like, hey, man, I'm looking for this tree. I don't know where this tree is. And I'm just I'm just going, look that way. Look over there. Do you see it? I can't make you see it, but do you see it? And it's finally like, oh, my gosh, I see it now. So that's essentially what I'm just trying to do in, in hopefully guiding people in the right direction where they feel connected. But at least for me and the work I've done for myself, first and foremost, um, and then others, it's me just constantly asking, how does this pertain to nature? What is what is this relationship to nature? That's the questions I keep asking myself. So the more I've done that, the more I feel that we are moving towards that way. Um, and stuff that we're talking about, or at least I'm talking about um, with my myself and other people. So, so Pat, for for my people listening right now at this conversation, and if you could summarize. For those that are listening and have suffered from chronic pain for a very long, long time, a summary of, um, from your perspective, what they could do to bring themselves to, uh, uh, you know, to healing or, or at least to get themselves in a path of healing. What would be that thought for those listening right now with chronic pain? The, the first part I would start with is uh, doing a self-dive of talking to self, listening to self and having the conversation with self and going and, and truly believing and really connecting with your body is not here to hurt you. 
It is only trying to protect you. And that is the hardest thing for a lot of people because when we feel pain, it's going, my body is trying to hurt me or things are trying to hurt me. It's just not good or it's not helping. It's bad. I'm, I'm flawed. I'm this. It's going, your body is trying to save you and it's trying to help you every single day by trying to communicate with you that it needs your attention. And what's hard is people go, okay, well, it has my attention. I just don't know what it's saying. And that's part of, for those listening, is slowing things down. Listening to the things that, you know, I'm throwing down, doing a little bit more research, you know, reach out to me at the new biology clinic, wherever it is, not even just me, other people, and just start to go with all of this journey moving forward with my body is only trying to save me and it's only trying to heal me any way it can. I just need to know what it's saying. So that's, I guess, the summary of what I would bring to everybody in the healing journey. So thank you, Pat, for being here on our Express All Health and Wellness podcast. We enjoy very much your wisdom and your knowledge and help us to understand the science behind the movement of the body and how we can heal ourselves through our natural movements and learn uh, different ways to connect with our breathing on and our own divine nature. So thank you very much for that. And remember, um, for you out there listening, health is wealth for the body, mind, and soul. If you didn't subscribe, you can subscribe right now and follow all our um, social media outlets. And we'll be very happy if you leave us a review that help us to have our content distributed for others looking for this information on health and wellness. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening. And if you like the information that we shared with you today, please subscribe to the Express Soul Health and Wellness podcast and follow us in the social media outlets of your choice. Until next time, please remember, health is wealth for the body, mind and soul.